Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Force Center podcast feed is one of our deep dive episodes, one of our Bakta tanks of talk. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Kat Navsock, swimming in that healing juice. <laughs> Bakta should sound so warm, so refreshing, so welcoming, and we always find a way to make it sound uh, a little sketchy. <laughs> Actually... All these years, I've never had that discussion. All these years, do you think Bakta is a nice, gooey, warm, or is it like a just a shocking cold? Oh, I've always thought of it as like very amniotic. Like you're, you're like it's it's like you're you're being cradled by nice, warm fluid that there's nothing gross about it. But every time I try to say it, it comes out weird. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's a weird concept, but because I, I think I'd love that, I would love just like I'm, you know, you, you, I'd love getting a massage when I fall asleep. I fall asleep getting haircuts. Like I think, you know, <laughs> that is that's just punk rock. That's yeah. just that's dangerous to fall asleep during a haircut. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. how you end up in a bakta tank when you mm-hmm. fall asleep during a haircut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, we are very excited to dive in. We are going to be talking about, you know, this year that's coming up, 2022. As we record, it is right around the corner. There's so much Star Wars that is coming to us in 2022, kind of almost unprecedented. I'm going to go that far. So we're going to dive into uh, what we're looking forward to and kind of uh, how we're feeling about uh, fans, about uh, ourselves in our relationship with this Star Wars as fans. Before we dive into that, we want to talk to you about Audible. You can get a free audiobook downloaded in a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Tempest Runner by Kevin Scott. You can get some insight on one of the big bads of the High Republic era. If you want to do that, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. But there is still more. There is more. We have another offer. Inside Editions, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books, is now offering 35% off across their website. If you use this special link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, The Secrets of the Sith. Oh, it's a great book. We love that one there. Learn all about the Sith from Sheev's point of view. Again, use the link, insideditions.com slash discount slash FC35. 
That's right. We've been recommending The Secrets of the Sith since around Halloween, and we just like it that much. <laughs> we'll recommend some other books as well. It's a great one. Love that one. It's it's so it's it's great for Halloween, keeping the spirit of Halloween in your heart all year round, like you learn in the really spooky version of a Christmas Carol. Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, let's dive in. It's going to be Halloween around the corner. It's part of the new year. It's a big, big year for Star Wars coming up, Ken. Uh, the shows, the books, we're going to look at all those things and our very own feelings. I want to start in the land of feelings. Obviously, you know, we've been doing this uh, podcast for uh, over six years now. Uh, we're both big Star Wars fans. I think we always will be. Uh, but like many fans, uh, we've ebbed and flowed over the years. So I'm just curious where you are at in your fandom right now. Is this a high point? And if so, why? Man, it, it's at an exciting fever pitch. I, I, <laughs> I'm gearing up like uh, like what's the opposite of a of like a fun version of war? Like, a, I guess just party. I guess you're, those are parties. I don't know. Uh, but I feel as though uh, uh, we're um, on the cusp of just a wonderful year, which is what we're going to be discussing. But, um, in, but, but the flip side of that is, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, is, is I also discovered Force Center Aside, which is this wonderful, not even Force Center Aside, it's this wonderful bubble you and I love crawling into every week. And, and often, after all the work is done, I'll still put on a Star Wars film as a fan, right? <laughs> like Force Center, yeah. we're, fans doing this but point being you know we're you know we're currently studying uh the, the final two episodes of season four the clone wars and, 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 and i've got that on it but other times i'll be like ah man i totally just want to watch solo that still happens weekly with me so going into 2022 i'm so excited for what's coming but my fandom is also slightly more private a little more narrow focused on my own joy and the joy of those who just kind of not get star wars but see star wars the same way i do which mm -hmm. I try to, you know, which leaves open many interpretations of Star Wars and yours is yours. But I, I just want to focus on that and what we do here at Force Center and, uh, you know, the community around that, because I can really get brought down by the overwhelming volume of bad faith pundits, critics, discourse, online conversation, um, friends texting me, <laughs> and it distracts my own joy. So um, by that, by, by saying slightly more private, it's gotten to the point where, Actually, we'll, we'll admit this, Joseph, like even this week as we record, I'm having what you and I joke off air is those infrastructure weeks where I'm <laughs> rearranging my office. I'm clearing out a lot of clothes. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff going. And the reason for that is I'm finding myself wanting to wear less and less Star Wars stuff publicly. Okay. And, and that's sometimes that's, a, a, you know, I'm sad about that. Other times I got my hat. I wear my hat and I get, I, I got, I was in, uh, the, uh, I was uh, getting tested for COVID last week and the lady checking me in and she goes, oh, there you go. You can go wait over there. She goes, oh, by the way, I really love that hat. Rebels all the way. And I was like, yeah, great. Uh, airline flying at, uh, you know, Dulles at a Dulles uh, airport. Hey, nice hat, man. Uh, love that. So I'm there for that. But where Star Wars socks, t-shirts, all those kind of things. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm contracting a little bit on that. And I did this before with uh, baseball, uh, big baseball. Okay. 
I'm a big baseball fan. And in 1996, my beloved New York Yankees, the evil empire to many other people, but my Yankees finally won the World Series for the first time since 1978. I've been waiting as a, as a kid growing up in the 80s for this to happen. It was such an emotional experience that I had Yankee gear, Yankee shirts, Yankee hats, Yankee socks, Yankee gloves. They won. <laughs> And then a lot of it suddenly turned to, oh, you got that hat on. You must be a front runner. Oh, you're not a real fan. All that kind of stuff started popping up. And I did not own a Yankee hat from two, uh, 1997 to 2015. Mm. Put it all away. Got rid of it. I was like, you know what? I'm a Yankee fan. I know I'm a Yankee fan. I don't need to tell the world. And I don't need the world to tell me what, what was wrong about it. <laughs> and I'm slightly in that realm. It was Star Wars going into this wonderful year because I just want to enjoy it as best I can for myself and those around me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense of uh, wanting to uh, preserve what is uh, what is joyful about it for you. Makes a ton of sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm kind of in a, in a, a similar place. I'm, it, this is definitely a high point for me. We're going to talk about all of the things that are coming to our screens that I never thought was possible. <laughs> and that's yeah. a big part of the joy. Um, how much I'm enjoying High Republic being in the middle of this you know, long narrative where anything can happen kind of thing. A lot of like really storytelling reasons that I'm excited. Uh, but also just after all these years of doing Force Center, I think it's it's made me really appreciate the levels of Star Wars or the tones of Star Wars. I sometimes talk about the tension. I really love that that one of the things in my opinion that makes Star Wars unique is this great tension between being this deep mythic uh, philosophical uh, uh, ideas of, of how to be the best individual you can be, how to be the best member of a community you can be, uh, all of those great, big, important ideas mixed with just this pulpy adventure serial B-movie, let's get into weird space cars and race and doesn't that guy look cool in armor and you know what's going to shoot out of his knee next and just... I'm finding myself really attaching to both um, the the life assistance of what do these big ideas mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, these big ideas aren't necessarily unique to Star Wars. Where else do I see them uh, in other media and other uh, uh, parts of my life and other moments of my life? So really that that depth and then also just really giving myself permission to just have that joy of the aesthetic of the style of, of just the mood and the feeling. And I think in some ways, that's what I'm really excited about. As we're recording, we're about to get to see Boba Fett this week. And I'm excited for the big ideas that we're going to discuss. Uh, but a big part of me is just like, I just get to go live in that strange galaxy. And I just, no matter how much <laughs> uh, different opinions or frustration or ups and downs or should they do this or what did, who do, blah, 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 blah. I just like, I just, I like the way that galaxy feels and I want to sit in it. <laughs> and I get to sit in this galaxy so much. <laughs> I love that. Sitting at the table with Boba Fett. Yeah, right? I mean, it, it, it just is, uh, it's a, one of the powers of Star Wars to me. It's, it's a unique mood and flavor. It's got many moods and flavors within it, uh, but it, it's just, I I am intrigued by it. I am compelled by it. You know, when you see a snippet of it. We've, we were talking the other week about, like, just seeing Star Wars uh, randomly pop up on television. You're like, I have this uh, on streaming. <laughs> I own these movies on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. I have multiple formats, but it's just it's just like uh, uh, you're compelled by it. And, mm. and that's the way I'm feeling right now of just like 
uh, I want to just spend more time in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. We're we're releasing this after Boba Fett, but recording it before. So yes. hey, it was all great, everybody. Um, no, but I I'm I'm literally like anticipating eleven fifty nine and fifty nine seconds of something that I get to enjoy because uh, it's been a lifetime of love leading to something brand new. I don't take that for granted ever. Yeah, that mix of old and new, I, I really think, uh, is there, and that's exciting too. You touched on this the the threats to dousing the flame. I feel like I feel like you said uh, that for you, uh, the the risk of encountering lots of anger in that uh, or snark in that sort of anger and snark yeah. uh, intruding on your joy, or just maybe maybe what you're saying with the the clothes of just wanting to choose when you engage in a conversation so you don't end up in lots of combative conversations. Is, is that, is that the, the main threat to your fandom? Yeah. 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 Your, your specific question is, so are there any threats to dousing the flame? Right. And, and here's the threat. It's myself. It's myself. I'm the threat to dousing the flame because we choose to engage with what we engage with. And I've joked on the show and said before, not even jokingly, almost uh, bragged about having every word in Star Wars muted online. And uh, I've done that for various reasons, but it, it isn't about them. It's about me. Right. And how I can't I can't turn away from those feelings. It's not the argument. I'm not a person who loves to argue. Uh, we, we know friends who love to roll up their sleeves and let's go get in a Twitter fight. And God bless them. I don't have that. <laughs> I take it um, very uh, uh, personal. Like I, an old story from from the job. I won't go into my, my old day job, but like my, my my regional director was asking me about this incident. He goes, "When when this happened, you probably drove home really angry." And I said, "I said, Nick, I drove home crying, and I drove home crying because I I took it so personal. And I was hurt." And, and he goes, "Oh, you're like me." And that's how I am with some of the Star Wars stuff. I get so angry when I see some of the tweets, or, or sometimes. And something recently happened to me at a, at a bar after a trivia show where a, an old friend said something. And I wanted to clock him in the face because of just it was so just disrespectful to my views on Star Wars. But that's not him. That's me. I I, right. I choose how far I want to carry that. Am I Cersei Lannister choosing violence today or do I try to work <laughs> in constant? And that's what I mean by that. So that's always going to exist. It always has existed. You and I survived the prequel wars. We were there as your great stand up bit always talks about. <laughs> um I, I, I can, I can handle that, but I just, I know when I can't handle it anymore and it affects my joy and I'm over there stewing in the corner and that person who said that thing to me doesn't care. They've moved on. <laughs> I've got to choose to no longer sit in the corner so that I could focus on new Star Wars. Holy moly. We got just abundance of Star Wars stuff and I'm going to choose to focus on that. Not what people are saying about it. Yeah, no, I think that's a uh, it's very wise, and it, it's always the weird, ironic, uh, darkly funny truth of Star Wars anger. Of like, if only this thing that we we're extremely angry over had a lot of insights on how to best handle <laughs> anger. <laughs> yeah, that that movie where the, they talk about anger just being this uh, shortcut to power, but being utterly empty. That one's the best, and the other one sucks. It's, uh, as always, for me, it, it isn't about different opinions. I actually really crave different opinions. So I like going on social media and seeing what people think. I really want to know what other people think. And in the threat to dousing the flame for me is, as you said so well, um, my reaction to the way people discuss. Like, I never care if somebody likes something different than me. Um, but I take such umbrage uh, when people express their opinions with anger or 
uh, sort of with uh, derision if they didn't like something being uh, derisive towards people uh, who did mm-hmm. um, that. And, and I then get caught up in that anger cycle. And yeah, I'm not every once in a while. I have done a passive aggressive subtweet in the past. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe every once in a while, years ago, an aggressive, aggressive tweet. Um, but yeah, I have no interest in fighting. I have no interest in, in, in keeping the circle going. If at all possible, want to foster a world where people can say, I didn't like it and here's why. And then I can go, that's really interesting. I did like it and here's why. And hopefully we, we learn a little bit and, and have that great perspective of it's art. It can be good or bad to either of us and it doesn't matter. I want that so much. But the danger is when I see a, a really snarky, angry expression of an opinion yeah. that it, 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 get, it takes me away from my joy and gets me into a cycle. Yeah. And, and you're right. It is totally on me to, to just go use all of the wisdom <laughs> mm-hmm. that I've gained uh, from star Wars. I'm going to try just picturing different Jedi, right? Cause you can see Anakin logging on uh, to space Twitter <laughs> and saying, you know what? They said what about pod racing? <laughs> Kenobi just being like Anakin. Look, look at here. Here's a a meme of me doing something disgusting. Like, yeah. uh, look, uh, who cares? Is that what your life is about? What somebody you know? <laughs> what somebody else thinks? Is that what your life is about? Like, I got I got to picture the Kenobi Anakin on social media and and be the Kenobi, not the Anakin. Uh, you, I, first of all, I, I love like a late teens Anakin being like, "It is wizard, and that is a fact." <laughs> and anybody who doesn't like it is a bleep. <laughs> Anakin, put down the phone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can choose whether or not to uh, quote tweet that. Some people don't think it's wizard. Yes, and that's fine too. Yeah, so I think uh, I think what, what you're saying is finding ways to just preserve joy because I think that's the other thing too is sometimes I just, I, just I, I want to know what other people think, but then I also want to just preserve my joy and that for me is really about managing uh, my time and my emotions on social media. Yeah, because we got a tidal wave of tidal wave of uh, Star Wars coming, and I am I, I'm so excited, so excited for it that uh, I don't want to. I'm working really hard to be like I don't care, I, not that I don't care about the other person, and their opinion, but like I said, I, they can have theirs. I've got to go live with just mine right now. Yeah, and, and I know uh, people have encountered negative things with Star Wars fans in uh, person, and that certainly does happen. But also, like, w- with what you're saying about some of the interactions you had, when I got my booster shot, there was the dude with an amazing Boa Fett tattoo, okay. and I just complimented the tattoo. And just it's also a, a reminder that, you know, I think we can be influenced by podcast world and by social media world. There, there are a lot of people who just, like, watch a Star Wars and go, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's great. And oftentimes, you can just, cool shirt, nice hat awesome tattoo totally and and go about your day and that's pleasant mm-hmm. yeah all right a uh, little check-in on our uh the state of our own fandom and our hopes for uh, uh fandom in 2022 but uh let's get into some of what is actually coming and how we feel about that so for me the big news in my mind ken is that 2022 is an unprecedented just volume of star wars storytelling on screen right mm-hmm. um We've had big movies that dominate the cultural conversation in merchandise. Uh, we've even had two movies that came out very close together with The Last Jedi and Solo. But I kind of think this is different. On Disney+, Plus, we'll have most of Book of Boba Fett. Uh, what is currently reported is 12 episodes of Andor, 6 episodes of Kenobi, 
up to 16 episodes of Bad Batch and however many episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3. That is just a lot of Star Wars. How do you think you're going to process having that much on-screen Star Wars? What impact is it going to have on you as a fan? I have trained my whole life for this, Joseph. <laughs> I've been waiting for this year. This is the most uh, plentiful, bountiful year of Star Wars yet. And that, I mean, in 2012, that day of the sale, I couldn't imagine a day like this, a year like this. And I've watched my friends over in the MCU side of the punditry world have their cake <laughs> and pie and cheesecake and eat it too. Uh, and I've been, you know, happy for them. Uh, waiting and I've never I'm someone who's I, maybe I don't want I don't want three Star Wars movies a year and maybe I still kind of have that opinion but to have all what you just described I can't imagine the amount of hours of new Star Wars we got this year and I am not going to be exhausted by it uh, I am I am going to be excited to discuss it every day and watch it every day if I need to um, man uh, I, I it's 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 I literally feel as though Little Kenny sitting on the playground in 1983 by himself going, no one wants to talk about Y-Wings with me, uh, has been waiting and training for this year. Yeah, I, I am flashing back myself to my lonely moment uh, being in the now, I, I believe, torn down Brookdale Mall <laughs> in, in a suburb of uh, Minneapolis in uh, 87 and seeing in the B. Dalton's. Uh, the Starlog magazine celebrating the 10th anniversary of Star Wars and doing the double take because I saw something Star Wars. Right. <laughs> because Star Wars was gone. Uh, and the the idea that a time traveler could pop up in that moment in Brookdale Mall and go, eh, there's going to be a Kenobi television show and a Boba Fett at the same time and yeah. all this other stuff. Just, yeah, absolute head explosion that uh, a year like this could ever exist. Man, it- you're, sorry, you're taking me back to the memory of like, I'm staring in my studio here. I have one of the D- Lord Darth Vader Bendem <laughs> that I bought in 94, whenever it came out, because I was like, holy crap, there's a Star Wars item on the shelf from that day to now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think, uh, so yeah, there's that just sheer excitement. That's definitely, I think, um, us uh, coming from the, the perspective of our age and the generation that we grew up in and that kind of uh, scarcity <laughs> yeah. approach uh, to to pop culture into genre things. So that is baked deep into me of like, hey, if you wanted to see a superhero, maybe uh, the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he'll maybe he will uh, uh, throw a car. That'll be it. Uh, so there's that that oh I gotta gobble up everything because it might go away like uh, like this pop culture you know we grew up in the pop culture depression <laughs> <laughs> the genre depression like you gotta hoard that um, but I, I think scarcity the idea of scarcity is like for me the key word to approaching this year because some of my joy like you, you and I are talking about comes from growing up with as there was not a lot of Star Wars you really exploded that. Um, but on screen, there is just very little Star Wars. Um, and now uh, there's also that discussion of like, yeah, but that's actually what made it so powerful is it's gone forever and then it comes back and then it's gone forever and then it comes back. And is scarcity one of the things that makes Star Wars special? And for me, I just really want to embrace that as that's a very interesting and valid conversation, but it can't be the metric by which I enjoy this year because. Mm. I just have to accept that it doesn't really matter uh, 
whether scarcity is one of the things that makes Star Wars special to me or not, because the world evolves and the world changes and I want to let go of the past and we don't have scarcity right now. We might again in the future, but we what we have right now is variety. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to be excited as a fan for the variety because I think Kenobi is going to be a real different kind of story. I think Andor, I'm really predicting, is going to be like something we've never seen before. Bad Batch is charting uh, new territory. Uh, you know, Mandalorian season three, we have we kind of have next to no confirmation of what that even is going to be. If it's going to even feel or look <laughs> mm-hmm. like uh, the structure of the show was. There's so many uh, different uh, approaches to Star Wars coming, and I really want to center myself on it, variety mm-hmm. being the thing of value in 2022. That's a great approach because look, I think there's, uh, I'm, I'm so excited, literally no, could watch and talk about it every day, practically do with force. <laughs> um, but yeah, at the end of the year, I'm wondering going into 2023, uh, am I going to be, uh, let me catch my breath. Cause sometimes I'm like that with the novels, right? You yeah, and I, it's, you and I it's joke. A lot. It's a lot. Like, and, and I'm can't wait for this ne- next big, w- big wave of high Republic. Mm-hmm. But even uh, Grace said something to me other day at the house. She goes, oh, there's this book I think you should read. And she kind of joked, not that you're going to read it. But I, I wanted to answer, well, I can't. Because <laughs> anytime I try to pick up a book, I, ha- I have to, quote unquote, have to read and study a Star Wars book, which I'm fortunate to do. But I'm, so I'm now, so to your point, a little bit, Joseph, like, I, I, yeah, okay. How am I going to feel at the end of this year? My prediction is good. But <laughs> come December, I'm going to be like, all right, it's still happening. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm curious to test my own fandom in, in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for me, the other, other thing that can be like really exciting about it is just is thinking about evolution, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you can always make your own headcanon. And if people are like, I like the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy and that's it. And I ignore the rest. Eh, fine. That you can always look at it that way. Um, but if you want to kind of embrace all of the Star Wars storytelling and all of uh, the emotional canon, that great uh, phrase that that you coined, can um it's so exciting to think about like well watch rogue one now because after andor comes out rogue one there's parts of rogue one that are going to hit different um watch every kenobi moment now (laughs) uh, because there are moments that might hit different like Mm -hmm. that this new stuff is going to speak to the old stuff and and create all this interesting web of uh, ideas and emotions and i'm looking forward to that as well I, I love that. Yeah, you you said something similar going into uh, Rise of Skywalker. I can't remember the exact quote, but I remember it shook me to my core <laughs> in, in a good way. I'm just like, oh, you're right. I'll never see the other movies the same way again. Yeah, I mean, we were doing our prep or like our last mm-hmm. episode before we saw Rise of Skywalker. Of you know, mm-hmm. and I found my notes for that one. That's it's very intriguing. Um, and yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's it's going to recontextualize Last Jedi possibly uh, the same way you know, Return of the Jedi did for Empire Strikes Back and all those things. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting to think about that. I, but but, but it's specifically for a lot of fans, again, we always speak kind of uh, from our generation, we try to talk about all generations, but from uh, like, I'm never going to be able to watch New Hope and see Alec Guinness's uh, uh, performance there and not think about what I'm about to see in Kenobi. I, I, it's it's going to, it's going to, it blows my mind. Right. That's I mean, 40 plus years of, of, of something I know by heart that I'm going to be like, that has new meaning. Yeah. And for me, I like I like that and I want to embrace that. And and I know for some fans, like they just want those movies to be those movies. And uh, and I think that's great. If you can just choose that. If, if Kenobi's not for you, 
there's there's lots of opportunities to not watch it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, we've uh, dabbled into this, but I want to get into it. So some uh, pop culture pundits, some fans, I think, will say that this is too much Star Wars because this is more than there's ever been on screen. Mm-hmm. Are you braced for that? Uh, are you? Is this a part of uh, what you're talking about? Um, at the top to just let let your joy be your joy and not engage uh with uh with some of that negativity yeah uh, as you're talking i'm gonna sing i mute them gonna block them <laughs> got to mute them um no look and it's it's again going to you know you even kind of raise the question is that possible we might know maybe i changed my opinion at the end of the year again joking but prediction no um I'm braced for it because I'm already braced for it because you know we uh we've been bracing for it since 2012 right yeah. Oh, they're not going to do. Oh, God. You know, even, you know, this Kenobi series, I can't wait for it to come out. I, I absolutely want it to be success without a doubt, but I want it to be like a, even, I want it to be something no one can expect because I have a lot of friends who, who aren't even on Twitter anymore who are texting me. Why, why are they doing that? Cause that's such creative bankruptcy. And I'm just like, man, stand by to stand by because it's going to be so good. So I'm, I'm braced for it. Uh, uh, all the stuff I talked up, up, up top of how I prote- protected myself and choosing to, to be braced for that. Um, but it's going to happen. And it's also at the same time, it's a fair question. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a completely fair question. I am a big Marvel fan and, and I have enjoyed all of the Marvel stuff I've watched. I think uh, almost all of it to me has is like great emotional depth. And even the stuff that uh, doesn't resonate with me as much, I still think is extremely enjoyable. And really, honestly, uh, when I think about it, all of it has resonated with me on, a, yeah. on an emotional level. So I think the quality of storytelling has been there uh, with Marvel. Um, but there is a lot of like, I think for me, it has nothing to do with the storytelling. It has to do with the lifestyle. Mm. The um, uh, okay, Especially now that Disney Plus is releasing things Tuesday into Wednesday, mm. this weird life schedule. We're like, well, if I don't want Hawkeye spoiled, I got to watch it right away before I even look at social media on Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah. And then I need to make sure to watch it uh, with Sarah. Cause she'd like to see it too, but she has, you know, a day job. She can't be like, sorry, <laughs> uh, I'll be in uh, at 10. I'm watching Hawk. Uh, so it can just be a lot to keep up with in terms of functionally, not content even, you know? Yeah. So I, I'm aware of that. The other thing for me is, uh, Star Wars has always had this spirit that I think really emanates from Lucas and, and the original team of creative people that uh, Star Wars always says, why not? Let's try it. Let's let's go there and, and see what's over there. Um, and I think this is just another aspect of it of like, well, what what is going to happen uh, when there's this much uh, different shows, different ideas, different eras talking to one another? Like, let, uh, let's try it. Why not? Mm. So from the creative side, it's got this like, this is the moment we're in uh, in culture in the media um where let's let's try it instead of instead of going no it can't be done (laughs) let's uh, lift that x-wing and see what happens um then the other big thing for me is it is such a valid question of like is this too much reliance on this big ip is there room for other things uh will the uh the lack of scarcity make it less special all those things are great valid discussions but a huge key thing for me is this moment might go away. Mm. This moment is happening because of streaming services, right? Yeah. Um, and I am of the opinion that, you know, Netflix has been around for a long time. So they've, they know what they want. Uh, 
the result of a show to be. That's why they get canceled, right? Yeah. They they want to have a, a huge diversity of shows. They want shows that apl- that appeal to everyone, and they want them to drive new subscribers. And if they don't, they get axed. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of know Netflix. We don't know Disney Plus. We don't know Paramount Plus. We don't know exactly how Disney Plus is saying this was a success because they're they want to drive new subscribers, but they also want to keep all of us talking about it, right? You know, and they want to keep they want to find the the next Grogu. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh and I think that there is a possibility that the streaming services find some balance and go we don't we actually want to put a lot more time and a lot more merch behind fewer shows and that that's our sweet spot so i'm also really treasuring this of like this is a weird beautiful year that might be the future for a long time or it might go away in 2023 it's a great point because look, Lucasfilm itself has already, you know, changed things around a bit, right? Remember, you standalones, this and that, and uh, yeah, you know, the rumored and the projects, projects announced, not happening. A lot of that's for various dis- different reasons, but you're talking about the business aspect. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Again, at the end of the year, I, I look at like Bad Batch, which it did not, pro- I can't imagine did as big numbers and it did not. Uh, get the pop culture water cooler conversation going as much as as Mando. I don't think they expected it. I didn't expect that to, but maybe at some point someone above above goes, hey, why is this not moving the needle? We only need to move needles. Uh, Yeah. That stuff starts to contract a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that we're still in the, it's easy to look at it as, oh, from our perspective, Disney Plus has been around for, you know, over two years now. Like, ah, that pie is still sitting in the window cooling <laughs> you know figuring out exactly how it's gonna settle uh in, in my mind mm. uh all right with uh with all that in mind let's take a look at the actual big shows uh we can uh put aside any predictions or speculations unless you want to but i'm really curious about what's in a few words exciting about each of them mm. um so let's start uh with andor for you, Ken, what is really exciting about Andor as a Star Wars fan? To me, it's analyzing the the true heart of the rebellion. You know, not again, not predicting or speculating, but just the potential themes and why I want to sit down and watch that show. We, we've talked a lot about how I just love Diego Lotus casting Andor. I love that time period. Uh, the Rebellion Against Empire is my favorite thing about Star Wars. But I just want to see the true heart of the rebellion. Uh, and, and the personal sacrifices and perhaps the moral bending in the name of good and what that does and how that uh, you talk about how this might recontextualize or add depth to Rogue One. And also, by the way, pew, pew, pew. I want, I, I'm expecting <laughs> some good Star Wars action with some stormtroopers exploding and flying across my screen. Absolutely. I think that's, uh, that's well said. I think for me, it is two things. Uh, one of the keywords for Andor is espionage. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a, a huge fan of spy stories. Everything from the the more grounded James Bond, the the more big, bold, sensational, uh, uh, fun James Bond, uh, but also Jason Bourne and a, a little bit more of the like a uh, uh, you know Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Very very grounded. Who knows what, when, and how can you very subtly discover. Uh, your your opponent's emotions and press on them to get them to accidentally say a thing they shouldn't. Every kind of espionage, you know, from from James Bond blowing up large golden things yeah. <laughs> to the subtle pressure points. The fact that that whole genre of espionage 
is going to be married with Star Wars. I, I think there's going to be some, you know, big explosions and some chases and then stormtroopers are going to fly and that's going to be great and it should be there. But living in that world where this isn't all out open war right now, what is the make or break for the rebellion is information. Who has it? How do you get it? That's so thrilling to me because I think it's going to be more different than maybe some uh, people are expecting. Yeah, 100%. And be clear, I'm not expecting uh, 30 X-Wings on a Star Destroyer. Uh, but who knows? But no, uh, that would not. You never know. You never know. But that would not sync up uh, necessarily with the Battle of Scarif and Battle of Yavin. But yeah, I think I, I downloading files with a lot of tension and then flipping around to shoot a stormtrooper right in the face. That's what I'm expecting. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so exciting. And then for me, uh, one of the things I've really hooked into on my last couple of viewings of uh, Rogue One is how much I feel like Rogue One is a story about the rebellion almost defeating itself that the rebellion almost gives in to apathy and cynicism and i think that's just such a a fascinating great uh thing to look at because i think it it so translates to uh to real life from big political things to everyday things uh you know i have to fight apathy and cynicism every day (laughs) in myself to get the things i want to do done so to see a fun star wars adventure where that where where a, a good person like Cassian Andor is trying to keep, uh, you know, stay true to the Northern Light of why he's doing this, uh, while fighting all that apathy and cynicism. That uh, sounds just uh, really rich. I love it. All right, let's uh, go ahead. You're gonna say something uh, more? I just yeah, Andor still has a special place in my heart. Cannot wait. Yeah, and I think another very exciting thing about it is, you know, uh, if the the reports are true about the number of episodes, that means a different story structure. A lot of these, uh, of the Marvel shows that are about six episodes, I feel like uh, they have felt like television, but in general, they have followed some very traditional beats where the two episodes are divided into act one, act two, act three. Mm. And so structurally, ultimately, you have a movie-like story I think there, it's very interesting. To, going to be interesting to see how Ander moves structurally. Uh, uh, that's absolutely a great point. Especially, I felt that in Hawkeye series, I love. But yeah, it's like uh, great six episodes, but it did feel like yeah, like I said, a, a movie stretched out a, a little bit. Andor, by the nature of twelve episodes, it cannot do that. It's going to be something different. You're right. That's a great point. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's get on to Kenobi, a show that we're a little excited about here on on Four Center. Ken, for you, what are the the key uh, moments, ideas of uh, of Kenobi excitement for you as a fan? I think a lot of it is summed up in stuff that you and I have been talking about, especially you, uh, president of the Kenobi fan club here at Four Center. Um, <laughs> since the the rumors of the movie and the talks of the movie and things we, we thought we knew or heard about the movie till now. It is what uh, I, I, I sum it all up in the great turning of the, of the, of a chapter in Kenobi's life um, and, and bridging that revenge of the Sith to new hope gap uh, and, and how this idea of the, the, these facing failure, processing failure, trauma, healing, and, and a moving, moving forward to a new purpose and, and, and rising above uh, all these uh, things that might be there to bring you down. Um, you know, I'm so excited to see how they play that out. If that's the case, right? Um, mm-hmm. we try to we try to remain a little uh, a little loose so we can take take what is there for us in the story. But I'm just drawn to that, and why I'm so excited. I think it's so worth 
develop, uh, diving into uh, uh, and delving into Kenobi during this part of his life. How did that guy go from you were the chosen one to, yeah, it's this kid in the desert. I've got to protect with everything. Uh, I want to find out what, what made that page turn. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great way to say it of obviously he has a lot to wrestle with and a, and a lot to, uh, to to face in this extremely dark period having you know lost so much but then finding purpose in in luke and and finding peace with his journey that's huge mm-hmm. um because uh, it because it speaks to you know the pillars of star wars it speaks to great darkness great sadness and pain and then overcoming that mm-hmm. uh with hope and uh in the possibilities of the future all that kind of great stuff i, I think for me uh, trying to boil down my kenobi thoughts because we've shared them a lot and we're going to share them more as we build up yeah. to the show and the trailers come. I think for me, if, again, if somebody had come to me at any point in my life and said, okay, so, you know, in Return of the Jedi, there, there are a couple of really great lines. There's Vader saying, Obi-Wan once thought as you did. Uh, there is the, the, the great uh, force ghost sits on a log and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan tells you uh, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. What if you took those two lines and told that story? Yeah. And I feel like that is my um, hopefully responsible speculation <laughs> along with many other people of what this show is mm-hmm. of, of Obi-Wan coming to terms with uh, his own past, his own uh, uh, part in Anakin's fall and really wrestling with uh, who is Anakin, who is Vader? How do I move forward in this? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things about Kenobi is we're from this point of view of looking to 2022. Uh, and over the years, you and I have, have given our thoughts on what we think things might be about. And we look at the themes and we try to trace that out. We try to trace out the emotional canon. And sometimes we are way off. And I, I always kind of joke, man, I, I'm actually kind of glad I'm way off because, I'm, you know, I'm excited about what's there. And I should never be too right. Kenobi is perhaps the only show movie project that I want to be exactly like <laughs> I want, like I'm predicting or think, which is dangerous. It's dangerous. Um, and sometimes you and I are really accurate. By the way, I was looking, I was listening to an old episode uh, leading into, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Mando season two, <clears throat> where you basically wrote the scene between Din and Bo-Katan. <laughs> hey, what if this happens? And I said, I don't know. And you said, well, what about this? And like, it's almost exactly the, the scene. <laughs> um, so I hope, you are pinpoint uh, in your accuracy uh, on this show. Yeah, no, I, I love what you're saying. And I want surprises and there will be surprises. Cause I think for mm-hmm. me, there is a big difference between here's what this is going to be about. Here are the challenges that this character is going to face. And I, I have a lot of hopes that those are true. I have no idea the storytelling mechanics by which those things will be confronted and expressed. So I really hope that these are the things that Kenobi confronts. And I'm so excited to be just utterly surprised and blown away by how. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the last thing for me trying to keep it really to uh, my own fan relationship is, you know, Ewan McGregor's performance as Kenobi in the prequels just made such an impact on me. I enjoyed it so so much everything from you know doing comedy sketches where i I figured i can find a way to convince people this is comedy while i'm basically just trying to do obi-wan sword fight choreography with a rubber chicken like yeah i I can do that um and i think really on a deep level that i didn't fully even understand really uh relating to this story of this young man taking truly his first steps which i was at that same age when the prequels came out 
And now to see Ewan McGregor, the 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 guy that I love so much as Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, taking uh, these uh, these middle steps <laughs> yeah. as a middle aged man uh, and being in step with him age wise, uh, uh, you know, in general, that's just really joyful for me. Of like, uh, even if I ended up going, oh, I'm not sure about a lot of the choices they made. Mm. I'm gonna watch Ewan McGregor be Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, is a middle-aged man struggling through crap. Ah, that sounds great. Love that old men in the desert. We are <laughs> exactly, exactly. So uh, move on to Bad Batch season two. There's gonna be, uh, we suspect from uh, the rumored episode count, a lot of Bad Batch season two. It matches Bad Batch season one. Uh, this is not live action, so it probably won't make as much of a of a dent. Uh, be as loud as some of the others. Uh, but what are you looking forward to in Bad Batch season two? Answers, more answers. Uh, <laughs> we love diving into the themes, and I think that's a good place to to live. But I gotta say, out of, out of all the series out there and all the things coming our way, I look at the how just as much as I look at the why with this show because it is giving us a chance to go around the galaxy during this key point in 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 the timeline. And see how people are reacting to the fall of the Republic, the rise of the Empire, and what's going on. And then we might see, you know, the, does Boba Fett and Cad Bane ever show up? Do we get to see that deleted scene, those things you and I have been talking about? Uh, you know, what, what's the relationship with Omega and Boba Fett? Do we ever deal with that? All those kind of things. So there's big themes of choosing sides and finding new ways forward as, as things change. Adaption, uh, fan, family, found family, truths, hard truths, identity. Love those themes. But I really looking forward to 60 more episodes of going around this galaxy I love and getting some answers. I think that is very, very good uh, answer. Very good thoughts. And I agree a lot. I think for me in terms of the like, ooh, what's going to be fun to discuss? What's going to be revealed? Um, th- it is more about uh, seeing different planets, different communities uh, reacting differently. The sort of the domino effect um, of the the sudden realization of like, oh, the Empire is not just the Republic that's really strong. <laughs> yeah. It is cruel and it is taking things uh, from people. Seeing that story through these eyes Um the continuing exploration of what does it mean to be a clone? What does it mean to have had an identity and then had that uh, identity of being a soldier taken from you? Uh, there aren't as many clones in the galaxy anymore. Um, Omega and her possible relationship to Boba Fett. Mm. All that stuff is really fascinating and really interesting. But I think, honestly, my number one for Bad Batch Season 2 of why I'm excited for it is um, I just want to know what's the gang up to this week? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, it, it's part of what I enjoyed about Bad Batch is a lot of our storytelling is so serialized. It is, you know, one of the critiques uh, of MCU that people can kind of power past the uh, the ideas of the individual stories and just be really excited about how does that connect to what's next or you know, w- w- what Easter egg did, did you see? Uh, I think sometimes that's unfair. I think I think the stories all have have a ton of value, but they are, they are very serialized and bad batch season one. Uh, it took its time and very slowly told a big picture story. And in some ways went back to a little bit more of an older school of entertainment of, Hey, you like these characters. They're going to have one of their adventures this week. You know, that used to be the way so much television was of what's going on in the hospital this week. Uh, what case is this detective solving this week? And there's a joy in that to me because it's a little bit more rare. And the bad, the bad batch characters are just so charming. 
Mm. I'd be happy if one episode was uh, they have a really great lunch on an exotic planet <laughs> because I just want to spend time with them. Uh, you know what? They they truly are the uh, Seinfeld of the galaxy. I didn't want to see uh, what they're up to. Uh, what restaurant are they stuck in this week? I But I'm with you on that. And 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 I think even I uh, was at the beginning of the Bad Batch, so enjoyed it. It ended up being so, one of my favorites. But like I had you, you have that kind of like, let's do, you know, Mando season one. All right. All right. This, this Sorkin stuff's great. Where are we going? And and it is just kind of where we are in all kinds of fandoms when we uh, consume this content. And I love the Bad Batch it was like, we're going to do what we need to do. Yep. We're going to take it at the tempo that we're going to take it. And to me, that's some of the variety, right? Because I think yeah. Kenobi is going to, if it is indeed six episodes, big grand scale, probably kind of foot on the gas for a big grand adventure. Um, it, it's fun to have that variety. Yeah. Uh, so moving on then to Mandalorian season three. What are your hopes, dreams uh, as a fan for Mandalorian season three? I mean, I, I, I guess I could talk about the, uh, you know, uh, themes of, uh, you know, the mantle and responsibility of power, especially if Din uh, has a dark saber and doesn't really want it. And maybe he has to adjust to that. And I've let, definitely want to see more dark saber and confronting your past while continuing to build and move yourself forward. Those are big themes. But also I got to tell you, Joseph, it's just a big giant wide open plane of, huh? I don't know what I'm getting. <laughs> Grogu and Luke off training. I can't imagine we're going to see that, but who knows? Din, Bo-Katan, uh, the whole crew. Uh, what are we going to get? Is Carson Teva going to get his moment in the sun by tracking down? <laughs> I just am so, uh, the journey we went on for two seasons was in its own way, like you and I discussed, almost its own complete little thing. If, that, if, if the door closes on that final uh, chapter in season two and they never came back, obviously be bummed i want to get more but i'd be like yeah you know that was that was kind of the story wasn't it Den mm -hmm. roku that was kind of it uh and now we got ability to explore more and put put din in the galaxy at large uh i'm excited by that and and almost have no expectations which also going into boba fett i had almost no expectations and it was kind of freeing yeah absolutely i'm with you that is so exciting about mandalorian season three because except for having the dark saber that he does not want it felt complete right uh it is a story of din and grogu there's still a story to tell for din and that dark saber makes it feel like okay he kind of wrestled with who does he want to be as a person as a bounty hunter uh what is the the a little bit of the truth of his past he learned so much about himself by bonding uh with this child and letting go because it's what's best for him, you know, learning to be a, a good uh, adopted space dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's such a great journey. Uh, but then I love that it just ends on, okay, what are the conflicts left facing Din? Well, one is uh, I did not mean to pull this sword from the stone. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want it. I refuse the call, but I can't. Okay, kind of. Like, that's so fascinating. Uh, it's such a, an important part of storytelling in the hero's journey, the sort of the, the refusal of the call, but that's usually a kind of an act one thing. So what does that mean when he's kind of in the middle of this? So I can see a version of this where it's like, this is a completely different show, and it's it's got its foot on the gas, and it's, you know, Bo-Katan is begrudgingly making him fight for Mandalore. Maybe making him fight to keep uh, the Darksaber. Uh, it, it could be all about that. He's charging in now. It's the battle for Mandalore. Or it could be like, he's like, look, I got this Darksaber, but I don't want to deal with it. So I'm going to go back to bounty hunting. In the first several episodes are, he has an adventure. We're slowly building to something. I don't know. 
what it's going to be. I want I want uh, the, the first chapter of season three just to be him at a stone trying to shove the dark saber back in it. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. He ejects it into space. Like, <laughs> go fight for it then. Go fight for it. Yeah, there's uh, so much. Well and then, uh, go ahead. I said, well said on what it could possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it, 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 so far it has had that episodic and it, it mm. could be that people get um, maybe frustrated because they expected it to be a big battle for Mandalore and it is back to Din yeah. do, having an adventure week. The other thing is, in general, uh, you know, I'm not often a fan of, of chaos. <laughs> but I am so fascinated by just what chaos will emerge in our society if they're just like, yeah, no, that 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 was it for Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 no, he's not. He's not gonna. There's not an episode where he goes and visits Jedi school. Like, that's yeah. it. Like, I'm sorry. All all of the merch that exists in the world now has pictures of Grogu on it. Yeah. It was good while it lasted. Uh, that's not the story. It's a uh, parent teacher conference day is, is the third episode. I think just, uh, I, I'm it's, it's darkly humorous to me of like a lot of people fell in love with the Mandalorian who are star Wars fans, but not all in or aren't yeah. star Wars fans. And they just like this show and which makes them star Wars fans, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but this is their thing, right? They uh, go, oh, all right. Mandalorian's coming back. That's the baby Yoda show. Let's go. What do you mean there's no baby Yoda? No Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, uh, you know, the, uh, just the deafening chorus of, uh, you know, I would like to see the baby, uh, <laughs> gifts and memes. And, oh, amazing. I, look, I have a dark sense of humor too at times and I would, uh, yeah, it's it. Just poof, gone. Maybe 10 years from now we get a, get a follow-up series. Yeah. And I know there are rumors floating about, you know, Grogu's, uh, agents are in talks. I, I haven't looked at the, I know there's, suspicions and all that but uh we shall see it is fascinating all right uh we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna look uh ahead at some of the other exciting stuff because that isn't all there's so much coming in 2022 we'll be back in a moment life is made up of many gorgeous moments cherish them all big and small with blue nile whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
And we are back to continue looking ahead to all the exciting Star Wars stuff that is coming towards us in 2022. We have, of course, The High Republic continuing, Ken. Uh, the books and the comics are rolling on. We're heading into the final wave of Phase 1. Wave 3 of Phase 1. Announced books include, uh, but are definitely not limited to, The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray, Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older, and Mission to Disaster by Justina Ireland. Uh, in order to talk about going ahead, I want to look back. What impact did The High Republic make on you as a fan in 2021? And based on that, what are you hoping for in 2022? Yeah, this is, this is uh, personal to me as a fan. It, it made me, um, it challenged me to go into uh, an era of Star Wars in which I really kind of knew nothing about other than some of the names, the weapons, and an occasional planet. It was it was brand new territory, brand new era, and I know a lot of other people have been really waiting for that, something that I get, and I knew we'd get there eventually. But going into the High Republic, I was like, I don't know. I, I kind of love living in familiar territory. If we want to go to Endor again, I'd be good with that. Like, uh, I, 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 it's not that I don't like to be challenged or changed um, in any way, shape, or form. I just, as a Star Wars fan, I'm so happy, as I've said many times before, in this uh, classic trilogy era, sequel trilogy era, prequel era. I love those eras. Don't need to go anywhere else. But we went there. Uh, 200 years, you know, not 1,000, not 500, 200 years. And it was just a wonderful experience for me because I was able to let let go of some of the things that I thought I knew or, uh, you know, uh, comfort, areas of comfort, and then explore uh, what not only these stories are about, but what I feel Star Wars is really about. This this hope, uh, community, uh, uh, the, the, the symbiotic nature uh, and, and things and, and, and this analyzing galaxy already has expanded, but now it's really growing and firming into the galaxy we know. And how can we do that right? And what can go wrong and how that can reflect back on our own times and our own society. I always say, and you and I have talked, but it's like, this is a story about post-war America in a lot of ways for me that I connect with. That's my interpretation of it. And, and, and that came from these books and these comics and, and all of the, the multimedia around it. Uh, it. It challenged me and challenge accepted. And I feel I grew as a Star Wars fan because of it. Yeah, I, I think that is absolutely great. I love your post-war analogy. I think that it's definitely there of uh, you know post World War II, the mm -hmm. new glorious age. Um, I think there's also there a lot there that Lena So, the Chancellor's great works, really remind me of uh, FDR's New Deal. Of that, like we are gonna really rethink the way we look at society, and we're gonna rethink it from the perspective of we are all benefited by helping one another. Mm -hmm. um, and how fragile that is, uh, you know, how much that is the Star Wars philosophy, how much that is the Jedi philosophy, uh, Lena. So trying to make that the philosophy of the galaxy and denial representing this different view of the dark side of, uh, mm -hmm. of, you know, everybody is in it for yourself and anybody who tells you otherwise is a fool. It's a zero sum game. If anybody else has something, they're taking it from you. Use your strength. Strength is the only thing that matters. And, you know, and, these ideals are so easy to puncture that all those ideas, you know, they tie to everything else in star Wars, but putting them in this new era where event wise, character wise, almost anything can happen, you know, mm -hmm. it makes them just really rich and powerful in a, a great new way into these big ideas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think for me as a fan, it's just, it's scratching an itch that I've had for a long time, which is to just spend 
a lot of quality time with Jedi as individuals. I know there's, you know, some great stuff in, in the EU that did that as well. But for me in this modern canon, having Jedi where like in, in, anything can happen to them. And, and that has ended up being a, a big part of fans relationship is the fear of falling in love with a Jedi who will die. <laughs> uh because they can uh it's not like you know kenobi's not gonna die in kenobi uh he can't uh unless he comes back um it, so i think that uh that is exciting the anything can happen but for me that the idea of seeing jedi as individuals of like we have this group philosophy some of it is clear some of it is open for interpretation and we're all trying our best as a group to adhere to these values but then we're also individuals who need to find ourselves and we are constantly challenged. We are striving to stay on this path of light, which is not even remotely easy for even the best of us to do. Mm-hmm. So we're all going to stumble in our own different ways. And it, it, it celebrates the Jedi as like these, you know, cool heroes with lightsabers and amazing abilities, but then also just really teases out this idea that they are metaphors for all of us. If we all have power, mm-hmm. we're all, uh, you know, we all can try to be our best self, but we're going to stumble. And, uh, you know, how did all these different individual Jedi handle it when they stumble? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to look at the Jedi like that. Uh, I'm thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking of like superheroes, too. We all might might think of uh, there's no way I can be Iron Man or Captain America. But really, they're they're us in a way. Right. And, and it's just yeah. a way to highlight the big lessons and the big choices. I love looking at the Jedi that way and, and you know, seeing what soup Porter Ingle uh, makes and eats. <laughs> well, yeah. And they're just so many so that you can, you know, have so many favorites. You can mm-hmm. see different aspects of yourselves in uh, different Jedi it in you can explore you just explore that there is diversity in the Jedi in every respect including you know just the in galaxy way of like there's lots of different ways to interpret Jedi rules there's lots of different ways to see the force that individuality is just fascinating absolutely yeah you can you can almost find your Jedi in a lot of ways even <laughs> find though you find reflected Jedi. in many but you know, you know it's like I connect with Elzar man more than I maybe <laughs> even want to at times yeah. yeah yeah do you have any hopes for any specific individual Jedi in the High Republic in 2022 I have um, confidence that the quality will continue uh, they've just been hitting home runs with every every uh, book and, and comic and everything so I have confidence in that it's also hope but also now on the other side of this you, you know right away we got Claudia Gray given us the fallen star that's not ominous at all so <laughs> what happens when things start to crumble what happens when you are challenged and maybe fail or, or challenged and you act differently than the person next to you or uh, society starts to crumble or beacons of hope literal beacons of hope fall from the, the sky uh, and how do you pick up the pieces how do you build from that how do you get through that trauma that failure all those kind of big themes um, star wars boiling down to hope and uh, versus fear, finding hope in fear and the choices you make along the way. We got some big ones coming for the galaxy and I want to see how this society reacts to it. Yeah, I, I think I'm really affected by that of, you know, uh, the this storytelling structure that there are, you know, three phases. Uh, we are entering the end of phase one and there's already been a lot of uh, death and destruction and failure. And now we're going in, into the second phase where the death and destruction usually is. Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) Which means that it feels like we're in for a a rough ride and there are going to be a lot of bad moments for the galaxy, (laughs) for the (laughs) Jedi. So I find myself really brainstorming, thinking about like, what? uh, I'm really hoping for those individual moments of victory for the Jedi, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. It's going to take them a while to turn things around. And even at the end of this, it, since it's leading into the era of the fall of the Republic, that the Jedi and the Republic are going to come out of this whole uh, uh, High Republic story diminished because that's that's right. the story. Uh, so then asking, you know, what are the what are the victories for the Jedi along the way is really fascinating to me. Mm, absolutely. Uh, in particular, uh, because in the, one of the latest books he read, uh, he was struggling with his feelings. Uh, I, I want Reith Silas to uh, go on a date with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> At least express his feelings. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Share your truth, Reith. That's what I want. <laughs> All right. So there isn't just High Republic. There are other big book releases, Ken, uh, including Queen's Hope by E.K. Johnston, Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher, which is going to be featuring Luke Lando in Ochi of Bastoon, and it sounds like a lot of other exciting canon stuff. And then uh, Brotherhood by Mike Chen, focusing on Obi-Wan in Anakin's early days in the Clone Wars, once Anakin becomes a knight. Uh, the book Padawan by Kirsten White, about Obi-Wan's uh, very young days, and uh, many more books, uh, but those are some of the big ones. What's exciting about those novels for you? How, how do you think that they might expand your fandom? Oh, man, it at this buffet, I'm taking a little bit of everything here. I am um, really, uh, of all of those, I'm, I'm, the, the Mike Chen one, and he's been doing a great job tweeting that little uh, little kind of, uh, uh, you know, hints or, you know, cover art and everything, get people excited. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this kind of uh, Rise of Skywalker era. Uh, I mean, a few years before, obviously, but the sequel era into Rise of Skywalker era storytelling from Adam Christopher and Shadow of the Sith. But I am really excited about E.K. Johnston's uh, Queen's Hope and, her being able to bring this Padme trilogy home and into a complicated uh, era with Padme revenge mm -hmm. of the Sith, where uh, the character's not completely uh, best served all the time. Um, Lucas's decision to, to, to focus on the Anakin of it all, which I, in the end of the day, think, think was right. But you know, not, I'm not even just talking about Padme's death, but just, there's uh, not a lot of Padme in that film in terms of what she's about and, and the mm -hmm. formation of the rebellions, a lot of those deleted scenes that are out there to take in, but they're not officially part of the story here to actually have EK Johnston, someone who grew up uh, with a different view on star Wars than I had because of uh, era age uh, perspective and how looked up to Padme, looked to Padme, and now is a chance to really um, tell tell Padme's story. And it was been, mm -hmm. it's been so fun, Phantom Menace era, Attack of the Clones era, and getting big questions and the handmaids. All what you? I'm such a fan of these books, really am. And how to go into complicated territory. And I, I want to see how that will change my perspective on what I think I know and what I do know of Revenge of the Sith and Padme in that era. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I, I think that these books have been so great getting into the heart of Padme, taking this sort of a, the the tip of the iceberg of what an amazing idea handmaidens are, what an amazing idea it is that Naboo is a culture that uh, elects 14-year-olds. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, what does that, that that idea of service mean to uh, to somebody um, like Padme, who, who comes from that culture, but then also, you know, wants to uh, find her humanity um, that's, and have relationships and all that great stuff. And man, uh, has it been, the, the previous book's been great, but in some ways this is the most rich territory, right? Because we get to see Padme as, you know, Padme is the person who has, in my opinion, the correct answers in the prequel era mm -hmm. of, look, uh, the government's falling apart and we need to fix the way the government is working and we need to question what's really going on 
uh, behind the scenes, right? She's the one who's like, it's it's Dooku. Yeah, it's not yeah. disgruntled spice miners, right? Yeah. Um, the the very very political episodes of the Clone Wars animated series where she is the one who is really like I I see the value of democracy and I see how it's being eroded um I see what this war is doing I that we we should absolutely recognize our differences and work them out uh, in, in, through negotiation through peace so getting to really spend some time we have those deleted scenes in Revenge of the Sith but getting to really spend some time with her take on the crumbling of the Republic. Yeah, that is, you know, Padme as, you know, the the moral compass of the galaxy. That is Padme as, you know, the uh, one of the, you know, architects of what will become the rebellion. But then on the other side, side we're going to get to like how is she really feeling about this relationship with Anakin, right? Like mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she does love him. It is a love story, but there's obviously a lot of um dysfunction and poor communication going on as well so to really get to to hear that perspective from padme is so exciting uh yeah the love the not to um yeah i wouldn't want to uh, over uh, overlook that love story part of it too to get uh again not not answers like i'm i got a checklist but just ck johnson's interpretation of this of this character who inspired her for so many years and continues to inspire her and see her takes on on some of these things like i said complicated territory even with the, the relationship with anakin yeah, and for me, that's what the you know. I, I know I say that tip of the iceberg uh, of phrase a lot, but that's what's fun for me about it is I think that that E. K. Johnston and so many other Star Wars creators have looked at what's there and then added more. Like, and for me, you watch Revenge of the Sith and like that moment where Padme says, like, "Don't you do that? Don't you pull away from me?" Right? Like Mm-mm. that one line speaks to. They've been around and around on this. Of so she's committed to this relationship. There is joy. There is fear at losing Anakin. But there's this frustration that what is going on with him and why won't he talk to me and why doesn't he want me to reach out to Obi-Wan for help? Like taking what is in the film and extrapolating on that is so exciting. Mm, love it. Love it. And all, all, the, all the other books listed, like I'm excited for all of them, especially Obi-Wan, Anakin, everything. But that one's uh, that's one uh, I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. Uh, I'm super excited for the uh, the Shadow of the Sith. Just have, spending time with, uh, you know, uh, Luke and Lando on a mission together. If that's all yeah. the book was, I'd be excited. But, you know, getting into Ochi of Bastoon, uh, you know, some clarity on, on Ray's early days, possibly the, uh, the blurb hints at that I'm really excited about. The other one that I'm just incredibly excited for is Brotherhood. I really love Mike Chen's. A uh, short story in Empire Strikes Back, a certain point of view, um, and this is a moment that I've been wondering about, thinking about, talking about on Force Center forever. Yeah. Uh, that moment where Anakin steps into his own, you know, if we're going to get details of, you know, what trial did he actually pass in in this canon mm. uh, to accomplish that, uh, the sort of I think relief from Kenobi that oh he's not. I can I can still give him my my opinions, which he does in the Clone Wars animated series, but he's not my son, uh, which I was never comfortable with. He's my brother now. I'm so interested in that. Yeah, absolutely. And going back to the the Shadow of the Sith one, it's so right. Luke and Lando. I guess we just all assume, but it, you know, you ever have like a group of friends, and then there's like one guy. There's a connective thread, Han. And then Luke <laughs> knows Han, but he met Lando through Han and vice versa. But now Han's gone and Luke and Lando get to hang out. It's like, what are they going to talk about? I love that. I love looking at it from that angle. 
Yeah. And I know, again, you know, EU readers probably spent a long time with it, uh, uh, which I read some of those books, but not all of them. But this is really, yeah, I remember this one particular time I had a, a tight uh, a network of of friends in Minneapolis I'm really grateful for. But, you know, early on, it was all kind of funneling through one or two people. And I still remember this, the, the first time that a person who was a good friend of mine now is like, it called me up and was like, uh, do, do you want to come over and play games? And I had that like, can I? Because I have only ever seen you with our intermediary friend. Yeah, but we can right. just, we can just play games. No Han, just Luke and Lando. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah, it's a really great uh, point. Uh, so a lot to look forward to in those books. Moving on from that, uh, 2022 is also the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. Ken, are you hoping for anything in that general uh, celebration? How much Lucasfilm uh, is going to celebrate uh, Attack of the Clones and what way they're going to celebrate Attack of the Clones? Justice for Dexter Jetster, all right? <laughs> we love him here. We think uh, he's great. We think that scene's very important to the heart of the prequels. I want at Celebration, and um, I want a, um, like a Dexter Jetster diner pop-up inside the convention floor where you can go in and dine, get a cup of Jawa juice. Yeah, absolutely. I am totally, totally uh, on board with that, uh, of getting getting some quality Dexter's Diner time. Yeah, yeah. But other stuff out there, too. Yeah, I, I did, just celebrating just the absolute sci-fi weirdness of that film uh, and, and, and just celebrating what that was and celebrating what it is. Uh, Kenobi, the private eye, Dooku's true place in, uh, in, in, in the franchise and, and in our hearts as, uh, as fans and what he represents. And just the wild craziness that is that movie that I think over the years I've appreciated more and more. Uh, and there's still moments in there that might challenge me, but I don't focus on those as much. I'll take a three PO bad joke uh, to have Dooku challenging Obi-Wan to have that war, the battle of Geonosis. There's so much, and it's just sci-fi to the, to its core, but, but, but remaining, uh, but remaining that fantasy of star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm excited for it to be celebrated because I think uh, it is probably the most critically disliked film. Um, yep. It definitely has taken the most uh, uh, battering. Uh, a lot of times when fans are ranking, it is the lowest. It's still a, very often you can just see drive by, you know, insults uh, on social media. Like, well, of course, that film's garbage. Right. Uh, it's in some ways yeah. <laughs> the Star Wars story that I want to, you know, go, hey, <laughs> <laughs> watch out for my buddy um but i i also know from doing uh four center and getting to hear from listeners even though it is the the most challenged film millions of people love it mm -hmm. and celebrate it and so much uh important moments in that film yoda's lightsaber right is yeah. from attack of the clones um Padme is obviously great in Phantom Menace, but the the amount where she is just on point about everything in Attack of the Clones is so, so uh, great. Um, just the huge amount of lore of how the Jedi function, uh, Jango and Boba, the, where the clones came from. There's, just, there's so much in this film to love. Um, and I definitely do have my critiques and some uh, moments that are challenging. But just in terms of pure fandom, I like watching every scene. Like every when I sat, I can't remember what we're recording, but I watched it uh, in its entirety just a little while ago, and it's like every scene that came up is like ah, but I really love this scene. I really wait a minute. I love every scene. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It, 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 that journey begins where for me, where I always reference the seismic charges, but but as being my favorite sound in Star Wars, but uh, 
just Padme's ship flying into course in the beginning, the sounds and the look and the feel like uh, it starts there for me. And, and, and to be able to celebrate all of that uh, will be, will be fun. And it's also just a crazy, crazy passage of time. Wow. Is a crazy painful passage of time. I'm not looking forward <laughs> to that constant reminder, but what are you going to do? But yeah, I think I'll be really interested to see, like, I'm sure Lucasfilm will support it with, you know, some, some action figures, some retrospectives, uh, all that uh, kind of thing. I think it, it will be, uh, celebrated, and I'm really happy for the people who grew up with it and, and didn't have to grow up with some of the baggage of uh, of people disliking it and just yeah. enjoyed it and played Attack of the Clones on the playground. I'm super excited uh, for them to be able to celebrate it as well. But uh, I also think uh, you you were talking about on our last News and Cues episode about really reflecting on how much Lucas just uh, is uh, the creator of one of the most popular things ever. And also just this guy who made a weird thing he likes. Yeah. <laughs> and Attack the Clones is one of the most like, uh, it, that is an auteur film. Of, like, I like this stuff. <laughs> yep. And I'm putting it in a movie. And yep. uh, Attack the Clones feels like no holds barred Lucas Star Wars. And uh, I hope there's some discussion and celebration of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hope George come. Hope George comes around to share some of that too. Oh, that would be absolutely great. Uh, and lots, lots of new uh, Kenobi with uh, with the long hair action figures. Uh, so speaking of celebrations, Star Wars celebration is in theory happening in Anaheim. We hope, of course, that it all does happen exactly as planned. Assuming it does indeed happen, and we can all make it. Uh, Kenna, what are you looking forward to at celebration? I mean, just being there might be the big victory this time around. <laughs> I, um, uh, I, I think it's perfect. That, uh, you know, I wish it wasn't delayed from 2021. Uh, the state of the world uh, forces it. So I would never um, celebrate uh, having that st- the need to move it. But it got moved and now it's here 2022. Currently scheduled to happen. What a year for it to happen, though, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I, you know, I, I had been talking to some folks that I knew who used to be around kind of that convention uh, planning there over Lucasfilm. And they were like, yeah, you know, there was some cool things, but, you know. It was an off year for a lot of yeah. things. 2019, we had, you know, had that little thing or Rise of Skywalker we're building too and Mando and everything. 2022, we are, we got a boatload of Star Wars to discuss clearly, which is what the whole episode is about. And to have just that every nook and cranny of uh, that convention uh, be talking about new Star Wars. That's a perfect, uh, that's perfect timing. And I'm excited to just live in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't even imagine, you know, uh, the excitement for what is happening right now, what is just about to happen, what is, you know, around the corner with, a you know, a big Ahsoka live action panel. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's the amount to be celebrated at Star Wars Celebration is really a lot. Um, I think, as you said, just being there, being the celebration is so great. The things that I'm really looking forward to is not only the big panels and the big news, but talking with the other fans, you know, reacting to whatever the big news is just kind of in the moment right away. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun after the Rise of Skywalker trailer and and Mando at the last one. Uh, but the biggest thing for me is if uh, Anaheim is set up the same as Chicago, is being able to get a vastly overpriced beer in a plastic cup <laughs> <laughs> and then wander around uh, a hall seeing... Yeah. All of those action figures, yeah, uh, man, beer and action figures on the show floor. That, that's uh, the, one of my happiest places. I'm telling you, all those wonderful things we experienced in 2019. Uh, you, me, and Brian Ward running around the floor, 
drinking and getting figures. That is one for the, <laughs> one for the books, and I hope you do that again. Uh, absolutely. I have high, high hopes. Uh, so what are your hopes for announcements about the next uh, big screen in movie theaters uh, type of projects? Are you OK if we just don't hear anything else in 2022? W- what are you what do you want to hear? Well, I, I'm 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 really hoping these, you know, a secret trilogy has already been filmed. Don't you know, rumors, <laughs> I, you know, I doubt them. I doubt them to my core. I also want to believe them with every ounce of my being. I would love if they're suddenly like, surprise, we do have the Old Republic, or they do have the story of the Jedi Order. Uh, I'm there for that. Uh, Obviously, I'd like a little clarity. Uh, I'm fine with whatever comes down um, the pipeline, and I'm fine with the mystery. Like, I don't know what the Taika Waititi movie is until it's time, or the Feige. I I don't need that answered, but a little clarity on, on, is it going to happen? What's going to happen? What's, what's? What's coming? Like, I want the announcement to be like, don't worry, something's coming. I, I, I take <laughs> that um, and something concrete that I can actually uh, believe in again. I believe we're going to see Star Wars in the theater again. I'm not worried about that. Um, but less about what it's about, but just uh, is there going to be something? Yeah, I, th- I think clarity is is great. It's understandable to me that things are a little unclear right now because there is not only all the creative concerns, but there's also just kind of the state of the industry between the streaming services and COVID and try- different companies trying uh, releases that are just theaters or releases that are theater and streaming service. And uh, how does that work with timing and everything? I think it's understandable that it's taking a little bit of time to get that clarity, but I think a lot of people would really love just knowing uh, what's next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I think for me, I, the announcement I would like the most is if the rumors were true and they have uh, an old Republic movie that can be the next big star Wars thing in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, not, I think for me, not, in a not an adaptation of existing stories but just playing in this era where there are many many jedi and many many sith running around in conflict we get to meet a few jedi and a few sith who are our perspective characters i think it's so great for the big screen because it is clearly explosive it is you know a potential war between uh, the blue and green sabers and you know, and the red sabers, uh, you know, that is uh, so clearly a large spectacle. You won't get the like, oh, this should have been a Disney Plus show as much. Right. Right. Um, and then for me, it just continues to be this is a great balance of old and new of. Yeah, it's a conflict between Jedi and Sith, but it's in a whole different timeline. And it's this whole different era uh, of of fighting where there's many more Sith. The idea of seeing lots of Sith is just really compelling. Yeah, and again, I still think that is, uh, of all the, you know, if you're looking at uh, individual films, it's a little bit different. I'm open to that. But yeah, if, if the next big thing, so to speak, in Star Wars, uh, that era is probably the one that makes the most sense still for me. Yeah, very exciting for me. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about good old 2022. Uh, what else could Lucasfilm announce that would make you the absolute happiest and and i'm not asking for realistic predictions now i'm saying absolutely maybe not even happen just would make you incredibly happy if it had any relationship to reality or not oh man uh because i i I simply go to like um like tv show ideas give give me infus nest and the cloud riders the nine-part documentary series uh (laughs) um I, i want stuff like that but in terms of um 
almost to your original point of, of could this, you know, we don't know, this could be the biggest year of Star Wars yet and the last time we get a year like Star Wars, right? If uh, maybe towards the end, they're like, you know what, we're going to put this out here, 2023, going to be just as good. And 2024, and we'll <laughs> go. That, uh, th- that's the kind of, uh, not that we're going to, you know, probably come into like an investor day or something like that, but versus an individual project. Because I kind of feel as though, other than, Again, I could run down the list of shows and characters and ideas that I'd love to see in Star Wars. We've got so much. We got a theme park. We got a hotel, a cruise ship, whatever you want to. If you got the money, you can enjoy Star Wars, right? You can go build a lightsaber and get a Ronto wrap. Uh, we are living in a wonderful world of Star Wars. But uh, to know that uh, it's still going to go strong because it's working and the fans love it and the numbers are there. Uh, even the cold, hard numbers we don't want to f- focus on with the money and everything. <laughs> all of it is there and it's working and we're still going strong. I'd love that in some kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that is very likely. Uh, you know, I was being very dramatic in the first half of our podcast and saying 2022 might be the only year of this. Eh, 2023 already has a lot. You know, it's it already got all those uh, those shows in the pipeline. So I think that will definitely happen. But I think then going into the future, the the streaming, the amount of shows on the streaming service could potentially contract. Yeah. Um, so I think your view of like what you want is just to know Star Wars is solid for a real long time is good. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, yeah, absolutely. That uh, that the joy and love we feel for it is not a shared share. Or it's not a unique thing. It's a shared thing. Like we always talk about. Like it's going, it's going good, and we feel it, and it's working. And uh, uh, here we go. Buckle up, buckle up, baby, because we're 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 in for a long ride. Yep, yep. Buckle up, baby. The Lando show is still coming yeah, eventually. Right. We'll hear more about. Yeah, I would love an Enfys Nest show. I'd love a, a horror show or movie. Horror in Star Wars. A lot of people like that. I would love Kira back on the screen. Uh, you know, she's been uh, rampaging through the comics. I'd love her back on the screen. Amelia Clark back on the screen is is uh, Kira. Uh, so, and some of those things are like, yeah, you know, possible predictions great in terms of a thing that i just really want uh from the bottom of my heart as a fan that is most likely absolutely not going to happen next year is uh the sith throne room on exegol three and three quarter playset (laughs) (laughs) i really want uh just uh, i want that to be the haslab project again this is not a prediction Mm -hmm. except for i will predict this is not going to happen uh you, you get that whole big arena you yeah. get uh, Clarm Palpatine hanging in his uh, almond harness. <laughs> you get Restored Emperor, where the, the power of two has made him one nice outfit. You get a Ben Solo figure, finally. Uh, Ray Battered, the uh, the Sovereign Protectors, the, uh, the new uh, Emperor's uh, Royal Final Order guards there. All those characters, you hit a button and you can make it crumble, and a part of the part of the structure falls on the little plastic heads of Sith cultists. Yeah, beautiful. Could, could we also get the? I want that John Williams uh, rock opera raise theme that plays during that. That's one. Absolutely, my- there should. Yeah, you put your two double A, triple A batteries in there, whatever it is, and you hit the button on the plastic, and that plays. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> sign me up. I'm a backer. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll get that going it's it's that easy anyway uh there's a ton of other stuff to look forward to there's always so much to talk about but the um the lego skywalker uh saga video game is coming out uh many more comic books art of books resource books uh, other action figures funko pops uh cruise ships mm-hmm. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. theme parklands all that stuff out of all that other stuff that we don't have time to d- discuss uh, individually 
anything that you're particularly excited for? I, I am excited for the Lego Skywalker saga game because I do love those Lego games and the, and the Star Wars ones kind of launched that, uh, the game franchise there. So I'd love to go back to that. Yeah, you're talking about the, just the abundance of more of those uh, coffee table books that we love so much. I forgot like the, the battles that, uh, the, the, the book about the battles that turned the tide in the galaxy or whatever. The, I, I forgot that came out. I just ordered that this week. <laughs> It's, there's so much there's so much um um so uh, for christmas i got the the star wars archives uh, prequel era one uh book the 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 one that you can also use a, a, to squish tofu or as a weapon a, a shield if you need to. <laughs> um but so I, I i just looking forward to more of that uh and just uh, rolling around in this blanket of star wars the same blanket i've had since i was a kid literally and and uh, figuratively here uh and just uh keep enjoying this stuff yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited to forget that things are coming out and going, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, trying to make time to enjoy them. Uh, I am excited for the Lego Skywalker game because it just does look really fun, those trailers, to tie it all together and be able to play everything from the scenes you've played a million times in the original trilogy to the scenes you've never played from the sequels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. The other thing I'm very excited for is all of the action figures I've already pre-ordered to come to my home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I recently got the uh, Boba Fett uh, three and three quarter vintage uh, from his his look in Mandalorian. Uh, so I'm, wow. that should be coming to my home along with uh, the same Boba Fett in retro style. So I'm looking forward to just every day going to the, to the mailbox and going, do I have a Boba Fett today? Today, the day, just like a mail away as a kid. <laughs> exactly. Is this the day Boba Fett will come? Uh, as we wrap up here, I just wanted to take it back to the land of feelings, Ken. Uh, mm. What do you want to get out of Star Wars on a personal level in 2022? You know, what are what are your hopes hopes for yourself as a fan or as a person? What do you want to get out of Star Wars? You know, I think I've uh, I I feel as I've, I've grown and, and changed as a person a lot last couple of years. And a lot of that comes from Star Wars. A lot of it comes from breaking uh, Star Wars down on a thematic level and connecting it to our own lives. And that's something we've always done here at Force Center. But I think as uh, the world turned and oh, oh, did it turn the last couple of years, uh, I found myself taking more from the lessons of Star Wars more than a, any other point in my life, I think. And, and, and Star Wars hits you when you need it no matter the age and star Wars is so big. It is not the silly uh, fantasy uh, uh, kids film. Uh, it's part of partly that, but it's no longer that it's no longer contained to a pop culture shelf from your youth. It keeps going and it keeps growing and you can find something in it for you that will potentially change the way you look at the world and change the way you see the world and change the way you move through the world. And Star Wars has absolutely done that for me going back to uh, late 2019 to where I am now. Um, I hope that continues to happen in areas that I don't even know. And maybe it's <laughs> less of my views of the world, but maybe it's views of myself and, and confidence and goals and relationships and how can I improve things? And, and uh, I, I think it's not just silly to think that Star Wars inspires that in all of us if you're a fan and connect with it on that level. So I'm hoping that does that. Uh, and I hope, hoping I'm continued to be uh, continually uh, surprised by this franchise I've grown up with. Uh, I think that is very well said. And I, I definitely agree with you. I'm looking forward to uh, more of the kind of big ideas of how to look at the world, how to look at myself. And these are incredibly difficult times for everybody. Um, and, and I think it is important that we acknowledge that and 
live with that and find ways to move forward. And I have had moments where the 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 silly space fantasy have really helped me, where I've been able to uh, to recognize uh, I'm coming from a place of fear on this, and that's what's holding me back from doing this thing I want. And if I push past the fear, that doesn't just mean what I'm trying to do is going to automatically be a success. But if I live with that little uh, spark of of hope, that's so much better than living with that fear. Yeah. Um, and that's just one of the kind of ideas that, that you know, will help me, uh, you know, to send an email <laughs> <laughs> or take a walk around the block or uh, remember that I really, you know, owe uh, uh, something to somebody else to help somebody if I can. And, mm. you know, all those things. And it's exciting with the amount of Star Wars storytelling coming, thinking, what kind of ideas are, are really are, are going to be ideas that I can uh, think about, uh, turn over in my mind and hopefully help me uh, deal with life and help me be uh, a, a better person if at all possible. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, like I was saying at the top, just also like just joy because some of it is just silly and fun or yeah. weird or just compelling or just like it, it aesthetically speaks to you on some deep level and you just see a weird creature um or you know as you were saying uh we're recording this on monday we haven't seen boba fett yet but like do, do you like seeing a, a girl who looks like joan jet <laughs> on a speeder bike is that is, is that there's there's something about that that's just uh, you know intriguing to you and you want to see more like just yeah. enjoy the joy and i'm looking forward to having star wars be there for me in uh emotional ways but also in in moments to just be like yeah let me look at that action figure game because i really like that yeah absolutely yeah and then my final thing is uh, my hopes in uh 2022 is actually shelves literal shelves <laughs> for some of my action figures i think i can accomplish that uh as someone who is uh, heading to a big box store to get some uh, shelving units to put in uh, a closet to uh, and I have to measure some of my Lego Star Wars sets to see if they'll fit on top of it. I know what you mean, just <laughs> I need uh, yeah shelves that can handle uh, action figure volumes of this magnitude, and I think I can find them. Yeah, love that. <laughs> All right, any other final thoughts from you? No, uh, what I, I I I'm gonna be interested to occasionally I'll poke back at some old Force Center episodes and I cringe sometimes at the sound quality or things I'm saying or the ums and ahs and the rambles but I love also seeing just some, like I said up top how wrong we are but also maybe how close uh, we are to being right about not just predictions but just what Star Wars will continue to mean to us and I, I, I'm curious at the end of 2022 looking back at this uh, what we'll be thinking and uh, I, I imagine it's going to be joy but I I can't wait to get to the end of I, I'm going to tre treasure every day, but I can't wait to get to the end of this and go, wow, <laughs> uh, December uh, and January, uh, Ken, you cannot believe what you're going to see. You will never fathom what you are about to see in Star Wars. Yeah, it is really fun to be on the precipice of uh, of n of not knowing yet what we are going to know in the very soon future, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and now I've really backed myself to a corner and really need to get shelves. <laughs> Which I'm happy, happy uh, to put that pressure on myself. Uh, uh, I don't want to be an always with him. It can't be done. So I can do this. I can get shelves. I can do it. I believe. <laughs> 
I believe. Well, that is our big look at what is coming in 2022. Uh, some thoughts uh, as fans and some just general uh, punditry thoughts about what's coming. We're excited to go on the journey with all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? I'd love to. We are the Force Center Podcast feed, and we are on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well, where we uh, broadcast audio versions of our episodes there. If you uh, take your shows that way, podcast page, uh, Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Uh, podcast available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. Stay tuned. We've got some new places coming soon. Uh, merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center if you so choose. From there, you get access to our Discord. Don't forget, right now, we currently have a show on the Companion called Data Bank Dive. Every week, we go into a little interesting item, character, location of Star Wars, and we discuss it, discuss what it means to us, and just have some fun celebrating the little weird corners of Star Wars. It's exclusive to the Companion app. Details uh, are on our tweets when we promote the show. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website, Ken Napsock. Com. I have no updates on live comedy shows because I don't know when I'll be doing it uh, again soon. Hopefully I will. <laughs> I'll update you. Uh, Joseph, where can they follow you? Uh, yeah, well, I have the same update about live performance. I really want to get back <laughs> yeah. to performing, but uh, uh, watch these spaces. You can uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com for all my other adventures and my other podcast obsessed, uh, comedy albums, all sorts of stuff, and hopefully future shows but for now for myself uh for ken for my vintage boba fett action figure that will arrive in 2022 this has been force center